Hello and welcome to the MR Running Pains podcast. This is Coach Aaron Saft. Today's conversation is one that needs to be had more often. Um, today we talk about inclusion and diversity uh, for um, for all people of color, and this is um, not only a conversation that needs to be had, but also action needs to be taken. Um, you know, this is a discussion that, as you'll hear, I talk about often. Um, with with others, uh, other uh, race directors, with the uh, Runny Tweet Foundation, who uh, um, who owns the uh, Hellbender One Hundred, uh, of which I'm the race director, uh, it's just something that um, we don't see enough folks of color uh, within ultra running, you know, in trail running in general. And so this is a conversation with uh, three folks: Mara Klein, Kamani Long, and Maria Borowick. And, you know, their, uh, their ideas, as they say, you know, they, they may not be solutions, but we have to start somewhere and we have to start doing something and it has to start happening now. So this conversation hopefully will pick up steam. Maybe we'll get some, uh, some folks that you'll have ideas and, and reach out, um, to any of these folks, including myself and say, Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you take this and run with it? And and maybe they, we can collaborate. So I hope, really sincerely hope, um, that this is engaging, uh, brings some ideas to the table for uh, for everybody. And uh, yeah, just enjoy this conversation with these great folks. All right, we've got a, a great uh, panel here this evening. Well, this evening while we're recording, you may be listening to this another time. But uh, Kamani Long has joined me, Mara Klein, and Maria Borowick are all here with me. We're here to talk about inclusion, diversity, and how we can make our sport a little bit more inclusive. Um, and Maria brought a great point as we were kind of um, opening up. So we'll, we'll get going as soon as I introduce everybody. So um, let's, uh, let's go around the circle here. Come on, do you want to start off and, and tell us about yourself? Where are you uh, from? Sure. All that good stuff. Sure, sure. Um, my name's Kamani Wong. Um, I've been doing ultra things since probably about 2008-ish. Um, started out with marathons back in 2001. A buddy of mine conned me into doing the Chicago Marathon um, and basically conned me by saying, hey, I'm doing a marathon in Chicago. And I'm like, hey, cool. That'd be great. I'll come out there and support you. I've always wanted to go to Chicago. And he's like, no, I was thinking more like more along the lines of you doing it with me. And I was like, uh, not being a runner before, so <laughs> a little iffy on that one. And a few weeks later, he bought my ticket. So I said, oh, I guess I better start training. And it's been a whirlwind since then. Um, outside of that, um, work for work, I'm a professional firefighter for the city of Charlotte. And um, I do that. And uh, outside of that, when I'm not doing that, I'm outside running somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> How many hunters do you have under your belt now? Uh, this would, the hellbender would have put me at 15. 15. Beautiful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yes, I should also say that all of <laughs> all of the people that are on here with me were all hellbender finishers. So <laughs> um, it's uh, awesome to to uh, to be able to talk to, to you guys because you were just uh, just experienced the <laughs> The, uh, the event that was Hellbender, my God, like I, that weather was insane. But uh, let's keep going around the circle here. Maria? <laughs> Thank you for having me, Aaron. Um, so I'm Maria Borowick. I am Argentinian-Canadian, um, citizen of both countries, and I have a diverse background with grandparents from four different countries as well. So I'm a little bit of Bolivia and Spain and 
French Canada and Polish all mixed together. Um, but I live in Atlanta and I work for a personal injury law firm that represents injured cyclists. So I split my love for running with biking as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and uh, how many ultras do you have to your name? Um, I don't know. I know that I have three buckles for 100s, but I've done a couple of unbuckled adventures and sure. uh, handful 50Ks, handful of uh, 50 milers. Right on. Great. That's awesome. And Mara? Awesome. Hey, Aaron. Uh, thanks for having me too. Uh, my name is Mara Klein. I um, live in Greensboro, North Carolina now. Um, and I, um, let's see, I am a project manager uh, by day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm Japanese American. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your, your running background. Where did you uh, get started? And Yeah, uh, my parents always ran growing up, and I thought they were crazy because um, <laughs> I always like to chase after a ball if I was going to uh, run. So I, I didn't get into running, running until maybe junior high and high school uh, and hated cross country. Um, <laughs> so kind of sore off of it for competitive purposes. I uh, wasn't that fast. And so um, I got back into it when I moved to Phoenix and started trail running um, and just cool. loved it. And so that, that's, that was my, my hook. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes. Uh, and, you know, this is, I, I want to give a, a tip my hat to um, Tom Sharkey within the Run A2A Foundation, who um, they're the ones that, that, you know, that, that put on Hellbender. Um, I'm the race director, but it's, it's their event. Um, and Tom, you know, he came to me, um, uh, it was, gosh, um, probably late winter and said, you know, next year, um, this year, we obviously focused on, on increasing the women's representation in the field, but he said next year, I want to increase diversity and, you know, have more people of color within, within Hellbender. And uh, I want to start brainstorming some ideas of how we can do that. And, um, you know, this, this conversation is, uh, is hopefully going to shed some light and some ideas. And I hope other race directors can take away from this conversation because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Maria had said, um, you know, it's not necessarily that folks of color are excluded, but, um, you know, we need more active inclusion. So Maria, do you want to talk about that for a moment? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a, when when preparing to to get on this podcast and giving a bit more of thought to this topic, and also talking to other friends who are, in my case, particularly Hispanic runners, who are probably the runners I interact with the most of, of minority groups. Um, one of the common themes was that we didn't necessarily feel that there wasn't that we were being excluded from the sport, or that we were not that there wasn't there wasn't space for us. Just that. The feeling was maybe more that we hadn't claimed that space and that there wasn't that we weren't making an effort to be to actively include ourselves in the sport and include fellow runners in the sport. And that in, in some ways, the sport also hadn't actively um, we don't see direct efforts to actively include uh, minority groups as, a, as as the ones that I'm part of. Um, so I don't think that the conversation necessarily is about ways in which runners of colors are, are of color are being excluded, but more of how can we proactively bring in bring in diversity into the sport and and invite runners who aren't the traditional members of the scene for that have been for so many years. Thank you. Yeah, um, Kamani or 
Uh, Mara, do you have anything you want to add there? No, I agree with that 100%. Um, I think probably one of the key things to me would be, I guess, in order to reach out to people, in order to get them to actually, I guess, kind of grasp onto the sport a little bit more is um, kind of, I would say, maybe going out and seeing some of the other groups and stuff like that that are out there that a lot of people don't even know that are actually out there and just um, saying, hey, you know, have you ever tried some trail running or anything to that effect just to, just to try to pique interest and things like that because it's something that people aren't really sure about never heard of and things like that and that would probably be a good way to get people engaged in, in a sense absolutely and we're going to talk about different groups um, as the conversation progresses but uh, Mara anything you want to include um, no, that just that resonates a lot um, both both of what both of you you said um, I think it just, it doesn't, I don't ever feel excluded. Like Maria said, I, I just feel kind of lonely sometimes. Like I feel like I'm, I stick out. Um, and that has become more apparent moving to the Southeast um, since I wasn't here before, but it feels really uh, lonely here. And, and I'm not sure if that's just the races that I've done or, um, or what, but it, it's felt like I've been the only woman of color or one of maybe one or two, like very often down here. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have conversations with, with my friends and my running friends and such, um, you know, I, and I would just say from, you know, from my perspective and, and obviously I'm, I'm a white male who's the majority of ultra runners, but like when we get together, I'd like, honestly, I don't see color right. I, I see runners. You're all runners to me. And I like, I want to make sure, and that's what I want from Hellbender is right. Like you guys come to this race. I want you to feel a part of this. And, um, and that's why I want to have this conversation because, um, you know, as, as I was describing to Maria is, you know, we want to start reaching out to, um, to groups to invite them to, if not participate, but be a part of it at, at some capacity, whether it's volunteering or not. Um, you know, um, we, uh, I spoke with, uh, Natalie Daniel, her husband, uh, Russ is uh, part of black men run, I believe in, uh, the Charlotte area. Come on, are you part of that as well? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he, like Russ was saying, there's just not a lot of, uh, people that want to engage in the trails. And I don't know if that's intimidation or not, but we, you know, uh, what I was hoping to do was invite the chapter to be a part of like an aid station just so they could see what's going on right. and be a part of that, that activity. Right. And just, yeah, well, this is actually pretty cool. Like, you know, folks are like, you know, they're, they're just as crazy as us. They just do it in a different setting. I mean, maybe they don't do hellbender. I mean, it's, you know, that's an extreme, but you know, inviting uh, groups uh, like Latinas run, you know, I, 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 heard um uh, maria uh solace i can't i'm sorry i can't remember her last name she's from new york city she spoke at the trail running conference and spoke about you know diversity and inclusion um which you know it it started giving me ideas of you know there are groups that we can reach out to so um you know when we talk about groups are there groups in your areas that you know you feel that you can um you can talk to at least maybe it's a social media group um, maybe it's a group that you can meet and run with, or maybe it's just a group that you, you know, you interact with on some other social level. Uh, do any of you have anything like that, that you engage in? Like I said, outside of participating, like online for the most part, seeing if people want to go do things and stuff like that. 
like that, like on Facebook chat or something to that effect and whatnot. Not per se, really, because again, usually it's a smaller community and most of them are kind of dead set in what they want to do. Mm. So it's, like I said, it's about, it's, it's one of those things where you're trying to, you're trying to get people to see the bigger picture in a sense. Sure. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot more to do. There's a lot more to see. Um, there's a whole plethora of people to meet and whatnot out there as well. Yeah. Right. And um, Maria, how about you? Anything? Yeah, no, there, there is a, a growing community here in Atlanta of um, Hispanic trail runners, trail runners and actually runners in general. Like I was actually talking to somebody a few days. I was at a at a, at a, at a get together with a, a number of Hispanic people just a few days after Hellbender. So I was actually kind of replicating the conversation we had had with them and sharing some of the things uh, we had talked about. And there were some of them were 5K runners. There were a couple half marathoners, marathoners, and then three or four of us who were um, mostly ultra and trail running. And regardless of the different type of running that we did, the, the sentiment was shared amongst everybody that there was just so much, so much of a need for conversation. And but, but on, what, to me, was it, what was interesting is that immediately also the reaction was, but we have to organize ourselves. We have to make ourselves more visible because even though there's not a ton of us who run trails or not a ton of us who run 5Ks, we're all here, maybe there's 20 of us, talking together about running and about how we feel in, within the sport. And so um, maybe there is some space for, let's say, within Hispanic runners to organize ourselves a little bit better to create visibility and to sort of reclaim a space yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead the uh, you know and, and as i said maria has the latinas run and she's she's starting to make chapters all over the place so it may be something you don't have to reinvent the wheel in other words obviously you can take your own creative control but you know the, the, with that in place perhaps it's just somebody that you could use as a resource as well um in order to form something you know in, in the atlanta area um and uh mara how about you anything in in your area um, you know, I'll be honest, I moved here during COVID. And so okay. um, it's been a little bit harder to socialize. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Un yeah. Understood. Understood. Um, so I'm hoping to do a little more of that um, as things continue to hopefully settle down. But um, yeah. one of the things I've, I've really been thinking about a lot is, and maybe dreaming about is the right word, is what would it look like to have a trail runner? trail runners of color group um and what would it look like to just be able to find each other um and how could we like show up at races and do an aid station and have a you know like have a banner so other people know that we exist and i don't know just like really increase that visibility because what i found is that there are so when there are so few people that look like you and especially at you know like at the elite level a lot of the times you know in trail runner magazine like i remember a couple of years ago i went through the magazine and it was like there were no people of color in it like there were zero i counted um and now that zoe rome's taken over i mean it's been infinitely more um diverse but i i just i think that that being able to see that is is just important and and i've never uh I've never been quite sure why it feels so important to me, but it, it really, it really does. And maybe someone else can speak to that, but, um, it makes a big difference. Sure. Well, I mean, it's you identify and it's people you're trying to identify with. If you see people that aren't, you know, of the same color or 
you know, race and ethnicity, it's hard to identify, right? It's hard to feel like, you know, oh, well, you know, there's other people doing this. Um, it's the same thing when you, like you just said, they're doing better with like putting photographs in the magazines. But if we're honest, like when you look at ultra running magazine or trail running magazine, none of the authors are anybody of color. Like, I mean, if I think back, the last person I think I saw of color in ultra running magazine was Earl Rocket Jones. I mean, I may be wrong, but I mean, I think that's a, a starting point, right? Is to, you know, have somebody within the pages that's that's writing and perhaps even writing about diversity and inclusion. <laughs> um, I think that would be a good starting point is, you know, and um, it's it's something I may suggest um, to, to Ultra Running Magazine. I mean, somebody should write the, you know, a letter to the editor and be like, hey, <laughs> you know, we you your articles talk about it, but why don't you have any representation within your pages? Not only of like, you know, again, it's I'm not just talking about photographs. I think there needs to be some kind of articles. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. yeah. What, mm -hmm. what Mara said really resonated with me because, and especially about the comments about loneliness, uh, Mara, because I, I often feel that, that way at races too. I've kind of made it a thing to go around and say, okay, how many women of color are here? Um, and, you know, usually I'm done with counting with one hand. Um, and and he, I, I also know that it can be very intimidated. And I've heard this from other runners who maybe don't speak English really well and so one of the first questions they'll have for me is oh will you come to this race with me and maybe i'm already doing something else and i can't particularly go to that race and and so when there's even a little bit of a language barrier it can make it even harder to strike up conversations um or, or to just even feel that you're part of the activities or part of the the energy and so then you hear a lot of other runners um non-color runners who will say oh i love the community everybody talks to everybody and it's so inclusive and then you you sit there and go well I, that wasn't my experience for sure <laughs> i saw other people have that much fun right and so i think sometimes you almost have to come to the table with this extra energy and i'm not going to be shy and i'm just going to put myself out there and 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 it can feel sometimes even that you have to work a little harder um, if you are in one of the minority groups and not everybody is as outspoken or, or, or is just willing to put themselves out there in the same way. And I don't think that they should they should have to in order to not feel lonely at a race. Um, and so, yeah, I, I completely hear what you're saying and, and often have had the same thoughts. And then in when wanting to invite other runners, one of my first concerns, too, is, OK, now I have to make sure that they feel included or, or, <laughs> or that they have a good time when they come to the race and that I'm introducing them to people that I know. So they, you know, they chat them up a little bit and they feel that they're part of something. Right. Um, it, it never seems to be as seamless as, as it seems to be for others. Sure. And, and language, you're right. Language can be a barrier, you know, and, and hellbender we have, you know, we've, we've gone international and I had a gentleman from Colombia trying to come. Um, I do speak Spanish and so I was, you know, reaching out to him and he was just so enamored with the fact that I could speak Spanish that he just started talking to me regularly and messaging me just to, you know, be in communication, which was great. And I, I think that, you know, larger races should have that capacity, you know, that they can get somebody that can communicate so that it's, it's not a barrier. Um, now that can be difficult, you know, obviously with, with, you know, like Western States, for instance, where they have like, oh gosh, I don't know, you know, 20 to 30 different, you know, nations represented, but you know, being able to speak, um, uh, I would say like the, the more predominant languages of the world, 
should be, you know, something that racers should be able to accommodate, but yeah, mm-hmm. that we don't want that to be a barrier as well. Um, you know, and Kamani, you had um, emailed me prior and you were talking about, um, you know, uh, how we can, um, we can be a little bit better about, you know, um, social media and such. Uh, do you want to touch on that? Um, yeah, like for, from my experience, just the simple fact that a lot of times what you see on social media, obviously, is in a sense one, I guess, one-sided to an extent where you don't actually see the people of color and things like that actually out there doing things, whatever the case may be, um, whether it be photos or just a blurb about them or something to that effect or whatever the case may be. And um, since social media is such a big platform and it it provides most people an opportunity to actually show what's going on and things like that, um, when things are tagged or people are tagged or something like that or whatever the case may be, I think uh, some of the, especially some of the, even the bigger one, like even the bigger events, whatever the case may be, it's kind of one of those things that's just tossed off to the side, but you'll see, you know, somebody who, like one of the more elite people or something to that effect that are actually being, you know, more since broadcast as opposed to the fact that, you know, you have a smaller group of people that are actually doing these things and nobody ever sees them or hears about them or anything to that effect. And I think that could probably be a good way to kickstart things in a sense. Sure. That's a great point. Either you want to add anything to that? Well, I think, you know, exceptionalism has always been an issue when we are talking about inclusion. And so I I, I agree with Kamani, you know, I I would love to see um, a, a, a more diverse representation, even amongst the people of color, for runners that aren't just elite and that that it is that we don't just choose to show the ones that are exceptional or that have broken you know the norm of runners as the only runners of colors that are portrayed because there are really fascinating stories of runners of color out there um that that don't get um the same attention as other stories do get so yeah i, I completely agree with that i think we started you know kind of breaking that with um Oh my gosh, I just went blank. Um, she was uh, she, uh, the National Geographic Explorer of the Year. Um, she's a black woman that uh, you know, she does ultras and um, gosh, you, you see her all over. She did, like has Merrill ads and what's, do you guys remember her name? I can't think um, of her name off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm blanking. I'm sorry. <laughs> um but it, like, you know, again, we started, you know, she broke that mold of the elites, right? Like we were seeing her all over everything. She was on runner's world. She's in trail runner, you know, which was great. This is, you know, we've, uh, we've kind of gone outside of that traditional let's interview all of the elites all the time. Right. Uh, which I thought was, was awesome, but yeah, you're right. We, we kind of stopped there. Right. We didn't get past her story. Like, you know, it, it reverted back to Corey Walterings doing something, you know, I mean, that's, that's where we seem to revert. Right. Um, but yeah. And again, it's just the media, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's like, what's going to get the most hits, right? That's what they're ultimately looking for. What, what am I going to get the, the most views or the most subscribes from? And so that, that's an unfortunate scenario that we, we do need to work on and change, but and as you said, you know, Zoe at, at Trail Runner, she is making an assertive effort to change 
the, you know, the image and, and, you know, rework it. So it's not always elites. I do, uh, I do like that. And they're, you know, they're doing it in social media as well, but you know, again, everybody has to kind of move on and evolve and, and kind of catch on. So, but I think, you know, if we keep having these conversations, mm-hmm. you know, people start listening and they're like, Hey, you know, that they're right. Maybe we can, you know, maybe we can do something different. So, um, you know, it's, and we've tried to do it with, uh, you know, even with our participant guide is we're trying, you know, I don't know if you guys got your pictures from Pete. Um, I thought Pete did a great job doing photographs at Hellbender, but you know, it's now we can kind of change our website. We can change participant guide, you know, so it's, uh, so don't be surprised if you see yourselves in there. <laughs> You're going to be celebrities. <laughs> Same. Yes. All right. You're going to be the next up on ginger runner. Uh, <laughs> oh man. So, um, yeah, Mara, you had some, um, some points, um, that, you know, you talked about, um, why don't you, um, your email, you know, you started talking about, um, and you talked about earlier being, you know, kind of lonely and such. Um, why don't you talk about, you know, what, uh, you know, what you're, you know, what you want to do, what you envision for, uh, for moving forward. And you, you talked about, you know, having that kind of that group, but, um, you know, what's a, what are some other ideas you have for, um, for, you know, kind of breaking this mold? Oh, Okay. Yeah. So listen, I really want to start that group. So if there is anybody out there (laughs) who wants to work on that with me, I am like here for it. Um, I just need a couple partners in crime to like do it with. Um, so I, I think that's part of it. Um, I think a lot of it too. Um, so I'll just, I'll speak for myself after the, um, spa shootings in Atlanta a couple years ago or a year ago, a year ago, it was only a year ago. Um, I know that there was a lot of rhetoric, uh, and especially with COVID around Asian Americans. Um, and I felt that, uh, a lot. And so going into these rural areas sometimes, um, whether it was warranted or not, um, when there were Trump signs everywhere, I equated that with feeling unsafe. Um, And so a lot of the trailheads that I like to run at felt, started feeling uh, like I wasn't uh, supposed to be there. Um, And so I had to start asking other friends to come to trailheads with me, um, like to meet me to run. Um, And I'm an introvert, I like to run by myself. I I love running with other people too, but a lot of my Saturday runs, I like to kind of do on my own. Um, And it was interesting because it wasn't something that had occurred to a lot of people and a lot of, you know, my acquaintances here who might've been white that like, all, you know, like all of a sudden my mom was calling. She was like, and she doesn't freak out about anything. She's like, Mara, I don't want you going to those trailheads by yourself. Um, And so, you know, I think it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard, it's a hard problem to fix, but I think having these conversations are really important because there are just things that sometimes, uh, people don't even realize can, can be a barrier. Um, and I know there are a ton of other barriers for other people out there too, but that's just one that, that I've had, um, more recently. That's, that, that's really made me think about like, 
wow, if we could just show up as a group of runners of color at a trailhead to go for a run together, that would just be so cool. And like, none of us would have to worry because <laughs> we would all be there together. <laughs> so nice. uh, that'd be great. And, you know, Kimani, you also had mentioned, you know, showing up to races and just getting some, some odd looks and stuff like that. Um, why don't you touch on that? Cause sure. Um, uh, there's been plenty of opportunities since I've, since I've joined, since I've joined the community where you'll go to, especially being in the Southeast and things like that. Some of the races that you actually go to are in a smaller, or like in smaller towns and smaller communities and things like that. So when you actually show up and you don't per se, especially if it's a race that you've never done or, you know, that a lot of people have it. It's a smaller race or something to that effect, but it fits into your schedule, whatever the case may be. You're just going there to kind of maybe get training miles in or, you know, just, you know, work on some nutrition things or whatever the case may be. And you get there, you know, for, you know, going in that you're probably going to be the only person of color there. And you kind of have your guard up in a sense, just for that simple fact. And when you, when you actually start, trying to interact with people and things like that they're kind of looking at you like well kind of like well what are you even doing here are you, are you running or are you here for crewing somebody or whatever the case may be and those types of and, and those types of situations and you're like no nah, i'm running and you know people are like oh, have you ever done one of these before or things like that and you're like oh yeah i've done maybe one or two you know <laughs> <laughs> been around the block <laughs> Yeah. So, and you know, you, 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 tell, you take it with a grain of salt at that particular point and you just, you know, kind of put your head down and that I can see where that, that loneliness in a sense comes in at that point as well, because you know that, yeah, you're probably going to be one of the only people of color there. And you know, that you still have a job in your, in your mind that you need to get done or whatever, and you move on and you may enter, you may run into somebody that's running around the same pace as you and they may start talking to you and chatting you up and, you know, you guys hit it off a little bit and you'll, you know, bounce ideas off each other or just, just small talk a little bit here and there, whatever the case may be and move on from there. Right. But yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, it's, it's really just breaking the ice. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I can see that in the, the small, smaller rural communities, uh, it being, <laughs> it would be, it would be difficult because yeah, I mean, I can't imagine showing up and, and being, you know, the only person that like, you know, I mean, Maria, have you experienced anything? Um, like that? Yes. Like Kamani, um, you get a lot of the good job sort of right. coming up the first time. And I often just go and volunteer a lot of the other stuff that I've done and um, just to sort of break the pattern and, and right. or break the conversation. Um, and this is not necessarily just with the trail community. I mean, some of the things, in the trail community are, ref are a reflection of things that are happening at, at our society at large. So in my world, outside even of running, it's un it's not uncommon for somebody to compliment my Spanish, my English. Um, and, and that's usually followed by, yes, I'm Canadian. English is my first language, but thank you for assuming that <laughs> I learned it here. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, you know, the, some of these issues are just the things that we are trying to deal with as a society we bring them into the sport with us and you no know, for us minority runners we're usually the recipients of those things when we're out running or, or we're out at a race um and 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 so yes i think you know we all have 
shared at similar experiences as, as Mara and Kimani. And, and I'm sure that there's plenty of other runners who would um, say the same. And, and again, I, I, I don't want to say necessarily that there's a responsibility on one side or the other to do one thing or the other to change it. But if I were to speak to my fellow runners who are not of color, I would say, hey, there's an invitation here when you see somebody who is different to hear some awesome story about how they ended up in trail running or why they're here. I think there's an invitation to, to talk to somebody who looks a little different than you and to include them in the sport. And so, again, it's not a matter of are we, we're, are we excluding or not excluding runners of color? But maybe the question more, the conversation that we all should be having more with each other is, are we actively including? Are we going out of our way to make sure that the smaller minorities in our sport have the same experience as everybody else does? Um, and, and so, you know, again, it's not a don't exclude me, but it's actively include me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, you know, it, it's as runners, we're a lot of us are naturally introverted, um, which does make things even more awkward. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it just depends on, you know, how you grew up. Right. Like, wh what were you used to growing up? I grew up in New York where, you know, my school was diverse as it could be. Right. And so I was around everybody all the time. I mean, I had every type of color in my school. So I was used to it. You know, my track team was it was as, you know, as a rainbow of colors. <laughs> I, I loved it because, you know, when I came down here, it was so much different, right? Down to the South. It was very different down here. Um, but, you know, as I said, I, I, when I line up or when I'm at a race or when I'm out in public, uh, people are people to me. And I, that's where I want us all to get is just people are people. And we want to make sure that they feel welcome in this the sport, you know, and, and whatever they go, like whether it be the trailhead or whether it be, you know, packet pickup, like Monty was talking about, it's just, we see each other as equals, you know, we're, we're going to line up together and, you know, there's, there shouldn't be any difference when we, when we do. And, you know, if we can get to that point, God, that would be, <laughs> it would be a dream for all of us. Um, but, you know, it, are there things that you guys see, um, that may be barriers or things that, um, we could make easier for entry into our sport. You know, I, um, like Mara, you had mentioned a few things in your email, um, that, you know, about how we can make things slightly easier, you know, for folks to, to, to gain entry into the sport or even into a race. Do you remember um, what you said, Mara? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to think of everything I said in that, um, I know that um, I was just throwing out throwing out ideas, um, and I think there's no silver bullet really here. Um, but figuring out ways to meet people where they're at, I think like I know Trail Sisters does a great job of that, right? Like getting women into trail running and and um, no drop groups and that sort of thing. Um, they've also started doing a lot of childcare grants, and I think especially for women. Um, and women of color are included in this, but like, you know, figuring out how to support moms too, because, you know, I mean, even with all the efforts you made, Erin, right? Like the women's field was still about like 30 that started. Yeah. We, at, yeah at peak, we had 47 women signed up. Okay. Um, but yeah, we had 30, um, I think we had 30, I want to say 36 start, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
it was double what we had previously, which we were thrilled for, but yeah, even so it still needs to grow. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and absolutely like, and, and that was, you know, a big push that you made. And I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up for this race because I really appreciate that. And, and, um, calling out like trans athletes as, you know, like as an important group and like, you know, I, I just, I, I, I thought that that was really powerful. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what, I wish I had the answer. Yeah. I feel like it's a really complex, um, a complex thing. And especially, you know, like something like Hellbender, right, is a hundred miler and that's all we have. Like that's the only race that's there. And I think that can be a barrier. Um, sure. Sometimes, and, and I don't know if that would even be an opportunity, if there, if there would be with permitting and everything, an opportunity to have a shorter race or two, just so that people who are interested, but not quite ready for Hellbender style action, um, might be, be able to, you know, just be part of that scene. Right. right. Um, I think that can be, can be helpful yep. in lowering that barrier too. Um, yep. Yeah. We, we have discussed a hundred K option as well as, um, an adaptive athlete race. Um, so making it within camp Greer for adaptive athletes so they could participate as well. Um, so yeah, we've, we've, we're the hundred K is, is a little tricky because of our permit numbers but the adaptive athlete thing we could, you know, most likely pull off sooner than the, uh, the shorter distance, but I agree to that. Um, you know, and, um, there, there's an, a million things that, you know, with a race, um, you know, there, like a lot of times people, and, and I'm talking anybody cost of entry, right. Some of these events get super expensive. Like I'm doing Bigfoot. That was like 1500 bucks for an entry fee that's a huge barrier for entry, you know, like, I mean, and I'm, that's a 200 mile and you know, it's extreme, but even looking at how much these entry fees are and they're not going down, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I think that's a, a, a barrier to entry for anybody. Right. Um, so it, you know, that, that becomes difficult, you know, it's a difficult, I mean, cause 275 for hellbender, when you look at a lot of the other races out there, it's, it's not as bad as some of the other ones, but man, it's still 275 bucks, you know? So that, like, I think that's a, that's a tough, you know, bullet to swallow for anybody, you know, that's, but, um, you also talked about like, you know, childcare and, and such, um, and even coaching, like having, uh, you know, having a coaching available, um, any ideas you guys have anything you want to spitball and just throw out there, like it can be a barrier or an idea of how we can, you know, have more people, be involved in, uh, not only the race, but in, in sport. You know, Aaron, one other thing I was thinking about, as you were saying that was yes, the race itself is expensive, but like, if you think about coaching, like paying for coaching every month, you know, leading up to it, shoes, the nutrition alone to just like buy for racing, not to mention all of the, you know, all of the months before that, that you're doing long runs and you're out there, um, needing that kind of, you know, investment, uh, to be made. It's, it's not even just race day. It's, it, it's way before that. Um, you're right. And having the time to do it, you know, having a weekend day where you're not working to do it. No, you're right. That's a, there's a lot of commitment, you know, not only financially, but you know, your time, there's a lot of commitment to it. That's for sure. Come on, Maria, anything you have to add there? I think um, 
well, you have like a lot of the like a lot of sponsors and things like that have a lot of those ambassador things or whatever the case may be that they include people to get percentages off of things or whatever. And I think something like that could actually go a little bit further down the line where they can actually potentially offer the some of the some different types of people that may not have like a giant social media presence or something like that and potentially put them bring them on board so that they can actually kind of be one some of those people that are actually guiding people down the down that path of being an ambassador for the trail community and potentially maybe helping pay i don't know a small percentage of an entry fee or something like that to help cut those costs and make it a little bit easier for people to get into those races. Cause like you said, it is, it, that can be a financial burden spending 300 bucks for a race, right. not to mention right. everything else that's going into it, the gear and, you know, supplies and travel, travel, all that stuff. Yep. No, absolutely. Yep. And, um, my, my working memory, I'm sorry. Um, Mirna was her name. <laughs> it finally popped into my head Mirna so I know there was like a million people screaming at the uh you know their their headphones Mirna you idiot <laughs> but there it is <laughs> it finally popped into my head um sorry Maria do you have anything you want to add there um no I think my thoughts also go with cost of entry um because it has been a common theme I've heard from other runners as well um Somebody mentioned to me that she only runs races based on price and mm. what what works for her and for her family. And so um, I, I understand that this is a, you know probably a decision that runners face regardless of, of their race. But historically, people of minority groups often have less means than than. Mm aren't and so um i i hate to hear sometimes that the cost of entry is is a huge barrier for a lot of right. people and then things we see like within the hispanic community is that you get a certain type of hispanic runner will go to races and it usually has to do with financial solvency and so you may have a great runner who works at a restaurant and he can't afford to go to a race or she can't afford to go to a race because you know, your salary uh, as a bus server or a, a server at a restaurant makes it completely impossible. Yeah. Uh, and so even within like the few Hispanic runners, there's even that difference already of the ones yeah. who can afford ones who can't. Um, and, and so I, I don't really know what the answers are there, but I do wonder sometimes if there was a small set of slots in races that were set aside for, um, specific groups of people, specific abilities um, as a way, almost again, as an invitation to bring in people that don't fall within um, the bigger categories within the sport. Yeah. And, and you know, so um, we have talked about um, for Hellbender having, and this would be for everyone, you know, inclusive, but scholarship spots, right? Like, so it would be a, a free entry or a reduced entry you know, based on situations, right? Like they could apply and, and talk to us. And, and again, this is for, for anybody. I'm, we would just open it up because we don't want that to be a barrier to entry. And we also talked about having, um, you know, a set aside spots um, for, you know, for people to, um, to specifically be of people of color, you know, and, and gain entry that way as well. Uh, because like you said, you know, if, if we're more inviting, 
you know, like, just like we did with the women, you know, um, Mara said, you know, she saw that we were doing this for women. If we're, you know, being inviting in that way, I think, you know, and you could tell me wrong, <laughs> but I think that would be, you know, something we're trying to reach across the table. Right. And say, Hey, you know, we want you here. Um, mm -hmm. so, but, um, good. Um, let's see, what else haven't we covered? Um, gosh, there's, <laughs> I know there's like so much that we can talk about. Um, well, what else do you guys want to talk, touch on what haven't we touched on that, you know, we're, uh, we're missing here because this is, uh, you know, again, this is time to, to voice up. If you see anything and it doesn't have to be, you know, with Hellbender, it can be something that you see in the community that you're like, Hey, I saw this, you know, there might be a better way or, you know, that we could do this and perhaps it would make things better for all. Um, you know, that could be with, uh, uh, with group runs, um, you know, or, um, or volunteering, you know, like you talked about, you go out and volunteer for an event. So um, are there things that you guys see that, you know, it might be more inviting to everyone? I think like you were saying earlier about getting some of those groups to potentially go out and like approach them to volunteer at one or at many, as many of these events as we possibly can, just so they can get a feel for it and see that, you know, there are, other people that look just like them that are out there doing these things or whatever, and give them the confidence to say, Hey, you know what, maybe I can go out there and do this. And that way they get to see both sides of it. They get to see what it takes to volunteer and how much work goes into that side of it. And then they start training and getting their endurance up and things like that and move on to the next step, starting at, you know, a little, you know, starting at a 5k, 10k on, on trails and move on from there. And let me tell you guys a, a quick side um, cause it may, you know, spark something in you that you think of, uh, of some story that you saw that was a success, but I used to put out, um, put on a 50 K and it was further West in North Carolina, um, out at Solly. And in that vicinity, there was the Cherokee runners, Cherokee, North Carolina was very close. So I reached out to the Cherokee runners and, you know, obviously offered, um, some discounts to their run club to be a part of the event, but I also asked them to manage an aid station for me. My, um, like, you know, the group started real small, but as that event went on, the participation from the Cherokee runners just grew and grew. And tomorrow's point, um, I had various distances. It wasn't just a 50 K we had an AK, uh, 30 K and a 50 K and, you know, but because of that engagement, it grew. And that's, again, what I would like to see by engaging like the black men run, for instance, you know, and, and having them engaged and maybe it's not just participation at hellbender, but it would gain them entry and make them, you know, give them kind of that, that doorway to open it up and say, Hey, this world might actually be pretty fun. So, um, I don't know if any of you have experienced anything like that. Maria said you volunteered at some races. Have you been able to engage, um, in, in, you know, a, a community and kind of engage people that way as well? You know, I don't really see other volunteers um, of color. I think it's even becomes even more micro when you talk about the <laughs> volunteer community. Um, that's when you're really just the only one. <laughs> but uh, if anything, you know, to my fellow his Hispanic runners or, or runners of color, volunteer, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 
give back to the community. Um, but but I do when I'm out volunteering, I think same as running, but I get an opportunity to see a lot more runners um, because I'm not in the back of the pack. Um, but I, I always make sure that I am recognizing when there is a, his, uh, and, and again, I keep talking about Hispanic runners because it's, it's my world, but of course. Uh, whenever I see a runner of color to speak their language, if I speak their language or to somehow recognize and celebrate that they're there, kind of like, I see you, I know you're here, you know, you made it to my aid station. And, and I make a really big deal out of it with every time, with every runner that comes through that falls within, within that category. Um, and, and, and I often wonder, you know, how cool would it be to get this at aid stations when I'm running? Um, and so I, I've tried to, provide that experience when I'm out volunteering but yeah usually I'm the only person there doing that. um you know I, I really I, I really appreciate you Aaron for having this conversation because I think we all probably feel that we don't really know what the answers are or what are good ideas to implement or do's and don'ts but just having the conversation I feel feels like it, there's some traction and energy to to work off and so that's sort of what I've been doing lately is just I just start the conversation with anybody I can maybe somebody will give me a good idea that I can implement that I haven't heard before um, and, and Aaron also too you know when I talk when I approached you at the end of Hellbender um, I don't always get the same responses I did with you I tend to bring this up pretty much with every race director I meet kind of sure. like what are you about diversion and inclusion and, and runners of color. And um, sometimes the answer, and probably because they're tired on race day and I'm asking them <laughs> questions. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the answers aren't super, you know, you, you can tell that there hasn't been a lot of thought about these things. And, and the experience with you was very much of, oh, I'm thinking of this, 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 and I have these ideas. And I think you had more <laughs> ideas than probably I did. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, that was that was over 40 hours of being awake. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm glad I had enough brain shower to continue that conversation because <laughs> I was exhausted. But um, no, it, it's an important conversation. And that's why I wanted to have you all on here this evening and, and talk, um, because I think it's something that needs to continue to be um, at the forefront of a conversation. You know, um, I think sometimes it gets lost in uh, in um, in our daily you know, um, happenings with, with our sport, because we focus on other things so much, you know, um, sure. Safety is important. That's, you know, we, we had the China incident and that, you know, that was a, it was on my mind, you know, for hellbender, especially with the weather we faced, um, you know, the safety is huge. Um, we always talk and, uh, you know, we always talk about, in, and just as we do with hellbender, uh, boasting and boosting the women's numbers, but, you know, diversity and inclusion, especially with it feels like at this time we are polarized right now as a nation um, there, you know, this, it's been very, uh, very, you know, tragic to, to watch how, uh, how split we've become. And I, I think we need these conversations to start to mend and, and heal from, from all we've been through in these past few years. Um, so I appreciate all of you coming on here and speaking with me about this because I want to take a lot of this away and bring it back to the foundation. And I, I, you know, I certainly have a lot of conversations with other race directors, and I think this will be something that I will bring up to them as well to hear their ideas and to share my ideas and what you've brought to me. So I thank you all for all of your contributions in this podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to all of you and, and getting to know your stories. Um, I thank you for sharing everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Thank you, Aaron. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. And like I said, anything we can do, anything we can do to help, and we'll be more than I'll be more than happy to participate in. Thanks, Kamani. And you know, again, we will be reaching out. If you guys start hearing of groups or forming any groups, you know, please let me know. Uh, however, I can support in that way. I'm happy to as well. Um, it's fantastic. Um, I, I know everybody's probably got some fun stuff coming up. I was talking with Kamani. He's uh, he's he's got his ticket to to UTMB. I hope that you get to go and and have a fantastic experience in the uh, in the Alps. That's that's tremendous. Um, Maria, anything coming up for you? Uh, speaking of running and people of color, I am going to run the um, Caballo Blanco Ultra oh, cool. in Uribe nice. with the Paramara people. Very cool. So I'm pretty psyched about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Good luck. That's fantastic. Uh, I was Mara, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was telling a fellow runner that I maybe a good way to bring um, to really you know bring visibility to the sport. Maybe I'll start running in traditional garb. <laughs> there you go there you go absolutely uh mara anything coming up for you um you know i'm registered for walls 100k which i'm really excited about that's been on my bucket list um but other than that i'm really i'm looking forward to some more adventuring and adventure runs this summer that's kind of more my jam uh than racing so i am ready to kind of get back to that a little bit good for you um, is there a good way folks can reach out to each of you? Kamani, is there a good way people can find or, you know, reach out to you? Um, I'm on Instagram mostly more than anything. And, um, I guess my handle is uh, trail ninja runs along. Trail ninja runs along. Is that what you said? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Got it. All right, Maria. Uh, Instagram as well. So the handle is at gone dot roaming. Gone dot roaming all right and mara <laughs> um <laughs> i'm on instagram but i've never really posted on instagram <laughs> um so i follow a bunch of running accounts to look at the pretty pictures um <laughs> full disclosure that's all i do on it um i'm on facebook sometimes strava that's that's about my social media presence i'm not a big social media person <laughs> that's fair that's fair awesome very cool. Well, uh, thank you again, guys. Really, thank you for the conversation. Thank you for being open to this and for uh, you know shedding light on this topic. I really do appreciate all of you. And um, I wish you the well this year in, in all of your races. Those are some amazing adventures I'm sure you have. So um, even though Mara may not post about it on social media, um, I hope that I, I do get to see some pictures on maybe Strava. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank right. you for making space for, for this conversation, Aaron. I really, really appreciate it. That's, that's huge to just have the space to talk about this. I really, it's, um, it's really great. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mara, Kamani, Maria, for sharing your, your thoughts and experiences. Um, you know, uh, as I said to them, after we finished recording, like I, I can't put myself in their shoes. I can only listen, uh, and try to be compassionate and understand and, um, try to make the situation better. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. So, uh, really hope you enjoyed that conversation again. You know, if you have ideas or comments or anything, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to, to any of us. Uh, we're here to try to make this sport more inclusive, um, and better for all. So thank you all so much. 
the world of MR running pains. We uh, we are drawing on the end of May, and um, man, I've I've had so many folks reach out about coaching, which is awesome. Um, and speaking of coaching, I want to really just give a quick shout out to um, the West Henderson women's track team. Uh, I coached uh, the distance squad this past spring and the ladies team won the three a state title for North Carolina. I thought that was amazing. The, the public school three a state title. Um, so, so proud of those ladies. Uh, the gentlemen had some amazing performances. They took ninth in the state. Um, but the women winning, um, was just phenomenal. They started out by winning the four by eight and, uh, we closed our last performance was, uh, our young sophomore, Bree Bridinsky, she took fourth in the two mile, which just super proud. Uh, it was held at NCANT in Greensboro. Temperatures were scorching. You know, we got up to 97 degrees, just, you know, blazing hot, wide open in the sun. So, you know, my, uh, my hats off and admiration to those athletes and the rest of the coaching staff. It was a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment for West Henderson high school. So congratulations to all involved. Um, and you know, uh, that said summertime's here. Um, if you're looking for a conversation about perhaps, you know, training for the fall, um, let's have that conversation. Uh, spaces are filling up. Um, I am going to have to cap it here pretty soon. I didn't expect to have this much engagement. So thank you so much for, for reaching out. Um, and, uh, anyway, we keep moving forward. Um, June newsletter will be coming out next week. Uh, as, as June rolls in and is upon us, um, I'll be having a conversation next week with Miriam Saloom, um, my, uh, physical therapist. And we're going to be talking about um, gait evaluation, you know, a running assessment, which includes uh, mobility and strength assessment. Uh, you know, I listened to, recently to two podcasts that touched on um, biomechanical evaluations uh, and running form gait analysis. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of walked away from the podcast like, well, I, st- I still don't understand, um, you know, the process, nor, you know, uh, what are some of the benefits? So um, we're going to try to go in depth on that and give you an idea of what it can do for you, how it can help you, um, you know, and, and um, when do you need it? So, um, so stay tuned for that. That'll be next week's episode. And um, yeah, other than that, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter yet, jump over to my website, mrrunningpains.com. It's free. Uh, usually it comes out once a month and uh you know, it's, it's great. I don't have uh, sponsors or anybody that's, you know, pulling or tugging me to, uh, you know, to say this or that about uh, a shoe or apparel. So my reviews in there are open and honest. Um, it's, you know, I, I hear podcasts that, uh, that go both ways. You know, they have sponsors uh, and non-sponsors. And I was actually just, um, you know, approached by a company for sponsorship, but uh, like I said, I'm just not interested for the podcast. I want to keep this open. Um, I like what Jason Coop says. You know, I want to be able to say exactly what I want to say about the products and ask questions and engage and talk about things in an honest manner. Um, I have been trying uh, a zillion different shoes, and so uh, my, you know, my um, my shoe review each month has something different. Um, I've been going. Between the uh, the Lone Peak and the Mont Blanc, and actually just today I poached, I purchased the Tecton by Hoka, 
their kind of uh, carbon-plated uh, trail shoe. So I'm intrigued to try that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many of you have experienced the Lone Peak on wet rocks, but it's uh, it was pretty treacherous. I just did um, a 50K this past weekend on Saturday. Um, here in Western North Carolina, we have the Mountains to Sea Trail, and uh, there's a section from the Folk Art Center, which is right on the parkway, that goes up to the top of Mount Mitchell. And I ran that. It's, it's 50K, uh, 9,500 feet of gain. And uh, it was a good testing, you know, stone for me. And I, I was, the Friday was the state meet. So uh, I didn't have any sleep. We got home, you know, about 1.30 in the morning. And I was up at like 6.30 and getting prepped to go uh, on the trail by uh, just before 10. Uh, and man, you know, it, it was uh, uh, it was a great day. I had a great run, but uh, I recognized after a rainstorm that the Lone Peak was just not great on wet rocks. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have a very tacky rubber for that, and uh, which made me really nervous um, because obviously out in Washington State, we could face anything. It could be dry and I could be fine or it could be wet and I could be in trouble. <laughs> so uh, good to know up front. Um, I thought the Lone Peak was going to be, you know, the perfect shoe. But obviously, if it's wet conditions, I need to find something else. So uh, that's where the Mont Blanc came in, and that's where the Tecton is coming in, um, trying to to make my decision. Um, you know, I, I, I for those that have tried the Mont Blanc, I had to go a half size down. I'm usually an eleven and a half, and I had to get an eleven for the size to fit. And that said, uh, you know, over the course of an ultra, I'm not sure the eleven would be. Uh, precise enough for me. I think I'm more of a between an 11 and 11 and a half, to be honest. Uh, so I'm a little bit nervous about that. So I'm going to try to do um, a longer effort in it and see how it holds up. Uh, I have not, I just got the Tecton today, so I have not put that on my feet. I'm uh, hoping to get a few miles in it. Uh, I've got a two hour run tomorrow. So hoping to put that on and, and go for a two hour run and just kind of test it out, see, see what it does, see how it feels, see how it responds. Um, so yeah, trying out a bunch of different shoes. Um, I, you know, I, I was watching, um, uh, where dreams go to die, Gary Robbins story at the, uh, the Barclays and, uh, recognizing that, you know, he broke his poles and he, he talked about having his, his spare set, you know, I think it was his second time through. Uh, and also I broke one of my poles at Mont Blanc, um, at the UTMB in 2019 and realizing how, much I really needed that, uh, that, you know, that second pole, um, in those mountains. So for Bigfoot, um, I bought a backup, uh, pole, uh, set of poles. It's the same size and, uh, uh, same pole as what I usually use. Uh, they are discontinued, uh, lucky poles is, uh, what I've been using. It's the, uh, MCT. So it's, it's their pro light MCT. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I found a pair, um, I think it was at backcountry.com, um, on discount. So lucky enough, I found a backup pair with my size. So, um, bought those as a backup just in case. Cause you know, I, on, uh, on Saturday, I, I definitely put some flex into those things because of the rock section and me sliding all over the pace place. You know, I, I placed my pole and, and I really put a lot of force on it because I was slipping. So it would bow a few times. So I just got worried about, uh, you know, if, uh, if I keep training on these things and, you know, um, if I make them any more fragile by, uh, you know, extending the force on them. So anyway, got a backup pair. 
Um, been training with my Solomon Advanced Skin 12. I think that's the pack I'm going to go with. I have two of them. So, um, you know, in case, again, anything goes wrong or if I just want to switch out packs, uh, I've got that. Um, also, just purchased the uh, Garmin InReach 2, the Mini 2. Garmin InReach Mini 2. That's uh, was a recent purchase. Uh, I hope to have that up and running for my long run this weekend, uh, along with the tracking capability so my wife can see where I am. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I have the one and it just seems so cumbersome in the regard that you have to have so many different apps to control the thing. Um, so, you know, I hear the, the inReach two, uh, mini two is, uh, um, a little bit more concise. You know, there's just one app, one app to rule them all. (laughs) So, um, uh, going for the, uh, the inReach two now. Uh, so I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, I try to include, you know, all of these reviews in my newsletter. So, um, you know, lots of stuff going on. I uh, got some um, some new shirts. I needed some new tech shirts, so um, I, I tried the uh, the Ridge. Um, uh, it's by Patagonia. Their Ridge line. Um, it, it's it's in the trail running collection, as well as the um, the uh, uh, it's the what do they call it the uh, Capeline, um Cool Light or something to that effect. Uh, again, I'll, I'll put some reviews in, um, in the newsletter and such. Um, but these shirts, they feel great. Uh, lightweight, uh, that's, that's the big thing. Usually when I get a lightweight shirt, I, I don't know, it, it feels like stiff. It doesn't feel great against my skin, almost a little too abrasive. I got really sensitive skin. <laughs> so, uh, but these Patagonias, I've really enjoyed them thus far. Um, and, uh, so I, I took, uh, after the 50 K on Saturday, I did uh 16 and a half with some friends on Sunday and wore, uh, the, uh, the Patagonia and again, really pleased. So, um, you know, that's, that's a great, um, addition to the lineup. Uh, also got, uh, rabbit has a, uh, UV hoodie, um, and, uh, you know, for those lava fields, I know it's going to be hot, but the sun has me really worried. So, um, want to check that out. I'm looking for something thin that can kind of protect my skin, um, especially in those lava fields. I also picked up the buff Sahara cap, um, which has the, uh, the cape that will protect my ears and back of my neck. Uh, it's very lightweight. So, uh, pick that up as well. Lots of purchases recently, obviously trying to get ready for Bigfoot here and get all my gear together. Um, and REI was having a sale. So I, I purchased a Yeti cooler, um, got the, the big one, the 45, um, uh, what is a 45 liter, I believe. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a big one. So, um, we're going to check that in on our flight. Hopefully it makes it, <laughs> um, you know, that's, so we have that, uh, for my crew and such to keep things cold. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> right now it's, it's, it's go time getting all this prep together, making sure I got the gear, uh, been going through Addie Bracey's book, uh, where, uh, um, I'm reviewing that with my, uh, you know, my team members here, the people I coach and, uh, man, you know, that, uh, chapter three, uh, it's, it, they're just, the chapters are so dense. There's just so much information in each of them. Uh, but chapter three kind of talks about what you should do, uh, to mentally prepare for a race. You know, uh, what happens if, uh, if something, um, you know, an obstacle gets in your way or, uh, you know, a situation arises, uh, you know, how will you deal with it? 
right? Uh, you know, because these situations, they create anxiety because maybe you don't know how to deal with it or you've never dealt with it, you know, previously. But that's what I'm trying to resolve right now. I'm trying to go through my head and create scenarios so that in my brain, I've already worked out how I'm going to work through this. I have a process. So that's, that's what I'm going through right now. I'm going through contingency plans, making sure I have backups to my backups. Uh, you know, so that's, uh, that's the big thing right now. And if you haven't read Addie Bracey's book, um, you know, mental training for ultra running, I really do highly suggest it. As I said, each chapter is so dense. There's so much in each. I've literally gone through it with a highlighter and a pencil, taken notes, um, highlighted different passages that I'm like, wow, this is, you know, this is really good, uh, point and information. So, um, please, you know, if, if you have the chance, grab that book. Awesome book. Uh, also going through Jason Coop's, uh, training essentials for ultra running. And, uh, and I'm listening to that on audio right now. Uh, you know, some of my long runs, I just turn on the, the, the audio book, uh, and go through it. And there's so much, and you know, I have the, the paper copy too. So, uh, you know, I, I go back after, after I hear a chapter, I'll go back into the actual book and make some highlighted notes, uh, because there is, there's a lot to it. He, you know, he really does delve into training and, and some really good information. So, um, you know, again, if you haven't read it or listened to it, Jason Coop's training, for, uh, training essentials for ultra running. Great book. So, uh, I'll try to put all this in the show notes. It's a lot. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys have questions, uh, as always just reach out to me. Uh, you can always reach out through the website, mrrunningpains.com. Uh, follow me on Strava. I'm just Aaron Saft, MR running pains on Strava. A lot of folks ask questions through there. Instagram. Um, you can check me out there at, uh, MR running pains and Facebook, Aaron Saft. So, um, I haven't been doing much of my YouTube channel. Obviously I've just been busy. <laughs> so, uh, I apologize to folks. Um, you know, I, I just really haven't had the time, uh, to, to make videos and go through that. It's just been, just been <laughs> piled on between, you know, wrapping up hellbender and wrapping up the track season. I'm hoping the summer, um, you know, uh, I can kind of get back to doing some videos and such. Um, you know, I like talking about the, the shoes and, and how they're responding. Um, you know, obviously like talking about, uh, the training and how things are going and, and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is. So thank you all again for joining me. Thank you for subscribing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it means the world to me to have folks that, you know, they make comments. I, you know, I love this episode, um, like to hear this. So yeah, if there's something you'd like to hear again, reach out, let me know. Or if there's a special guest you'd like to hear from, um, always open for ideas. And I certainly appreciate all of you. Um, I appreciate the heck out of the Patreon supporters. Uh, if, if you want to support me on Patreon, there's a link on my website. Uh, it's just patreon.com backslash MR running pains. And, you know, for whatever you can do, dollar a month, it, it's, it all helps, right? All, you know, all of this, it costs money, but I enjoy doing it. So I feel it's worth it. But, you know, thanks to my Patreon supporters, it definitely diminishes uh, how much I have to take out of pocket to make it happen. So thank you to all of those folks that are a part of Patreon. And, um, you know, other than that, I just hope everybody's happy and healthy, getting ready for a great summer. I hope everybody has a very happy Memorial Day. Uh, and until next week, keep running, my friends.